In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, and I'm here today with my co-host, Dale Culver. How you doing, my man? Doing excellent. Hey, I, I got to tell you, I'm doing excellent, too, because I've got a guy. We've got a guy on right now who, in the 2000 to 2010, I grew up cheering for this guy, rooting him on. Uh, this guy is one of the greatest UFC fighters in the history of the sport. And so I am really pumped to get him on the show. But before I tell you who it is, do you have a man word or a hero story for us today? Yeah, I have both. Uh, oh, man word, you're probably going to be very, very, very disappointed in me, and you're going to ridicule me, so I'll just unleash the word. <laughs> Adversity. <laughs> no, it's fight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep, that's vanilla. <laughs> no, I just, I just believe that men need to fight. They need to fight for the things that they believe in, passionate about. And if you're not passionate about something, you need to check and see if you have a pulse. Uh, because yeah. if you're alive, you have a mission and, uh, you need to go out there. And like Jim says, uh, Jim's wife says you neither need to be a missionary or you are a mission field and you should probably choose to be a missionary and go. Well, take you know, care it's really mission. interesting. It's, it's interesting. When I think about my faith. I've seen a lot of guys come and go spiritually over the years. And I've noticed that they all have one thing in common. They're essentially weak mentally weak and, and something gets them and it takes them out and they're not willing to fight for what really really matters and i think the other thing about christianity in america is it's so soft and easy it's easy to step in and out of it we really need to make it hard we need to make it illegal i'm not a fan of praying in the schools i think make it illegal then the kids step up you know and so i'm doing this chaplain thing for this football team a university here in the area and uh they have to make the effort to come and pray every wednesday together and they make a stance in front of the whole team that, hey, I'm a believer. And I think those are the things that really matter. So, yeah, I think that's great. And we're going to, man, that's a great topic for today because we've got a fighter 
on our hands. And so, um, so you also said you had a hero story. Yeah. Uh, so I just saw this. This came across my desk here uh, through you the other day, and uh, this came from a guy named Kevin in Mexico. Uh, at, Cabo. Uh, Cabo. Had, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we had posted your message that you did at your church, which, by the way, was awesome about being still and knowing that I am God. And it really impacted this guy. And he sent a nice paragraph. But bottom line is in this season of his life, he's saying, man, I needed to hear that. I needed to stop and I need to I need to listen to God speak in my life. So that was really cool. Yeah. And the message title is called What Matters Most, because what matters most is your relationship with Christ. So. Right. Hey, I want to brag about our guest today, our new friend, Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes is 47 years old, lives in Staunton, Illinois. And I'm just going to go onto Wikipedia and tell you what it says about him. Matt is widely considered among the greatest fighters in the history of MMA. He's a two-time UFC welterweight champion, UFC Hall of Fame inductee, and NJCAA Hall of Fame inductee. Matt ended his UFC career 45-9. and nine. That's insane. During his tenures in the Ultimate Fighting Championships, Hughes put together two separate six-fight winning streaks, defeated all the available opposition in the welterweight division, and defended the belt, and then a record seven times. In May of 2010, he became the eighth inductee in the UFC Hall of Fame. During his reign, Matt was considered the number one pound-for-pound -pound mixed martial artist in the world. He was also regarded as many as one of the greatest welterweight fighters of all time, as well as one of the great pound-for-pound -pound fighters in the sports history. In 2008, Hughes published his autobiography, Made in America, which, Matt, I just ordered it yesterday. I didn't know you were a best-selling author, so I just ordered this book. Uh, and I love this part. Hughes, it says on Wikipedia, Hughes has no nickname. <laughs> Although his successes against the Gracie Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners, such as Royce, Renzo and Ricardo Almeida and Matt Sarah, people often refer to him as the Gracie Killer. So, Matt, it's great to have you on the show, man. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. I, I never won a, a nickname, so I just didn't, I didn't allow it. Well, it's funny because you're an Illinois farm boy, and uh, you just you just walk in the ring and you just. We're just American, you know, American, an all-American man. You know, I love, I love the Hank William Jr. song, "A Country Boy Can Survey at Five. and that really is what I thought of when I saw you. Uh, I'm country, and just all you country people out there need need to know: you come out, I'm off. Green blood comes out. I, I'm a John Deere guy, not international. Oh, <laughs> so uh, so uh, the uh, Craig Morgan song "International Harvester" is not your favorite song. No, <laughs> I just heard him at the, at the a fair song, in my area. <laughs> there's a song called "John Deere Green." That's my song. I hear you. I hear you. Billy Bob loves Jolene. <laughs> you, you're you're uh, right. Oh, babe. Well, hey, we're on the same page, man. Same page. So. Hey, it is an honor to have you on the show. And I, like I said, I was a huge fan when you were fighting. I, I just can't believe, look at your bio, you're 47 years old because you were pounding guys when you were in your, you know, up until about 40 years old. I mean, it's super, super impressive. Uh, hey, I got a question for you. When you were in, when you were fighting, were there other outspoken Christian fighters? 
Rich Franklin was Christian. Okay. And a, a couple of others. Now, if I could survive practice, the fight was easy. Our practices were so tough back in the day. Yeah, and you were in the Militich camp? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, and where was that based out of? Quite cities in, in Iowa, Davenport, Iowa. Oh, Davenport. Okay, I've spoken at an event there. Okay, yeah. Wow. So, so when you were fighting, where, what did you do to stay strong in your faith? Because you're in a sport where, you know, you're paid to beat up on guys. Uh, you have a lot. You have ring girls walking around. There's a lot of uh, probably temptation thrown your way with fame. How did you keep your faith strong during those times? I tried to stay in in the word. I I just I, I read whenever I was I fought over in Japan one time. I took my Bible with me and like I was reading my Bible like five minutes before the fight. No, uh, do you have a favorite Bible verse? And, First Timothy one thirteen through sixteen. Oh, do you, do you know what that says roughly? Um, even though I was once a blasphemer and violent man, I was shown mercy. So in 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 so Jesus can display his uh, unlimited patience and understanding. I only asked that question because I couldn't remember what the verse was myself. So I appreciate that. Is that, that, is, that is, that, it sounds sounds like you hit it perfect. It sounds just like you know I when I'm reading it. I just didn't know the address, so yeah. So at your left, so when you were, I, mean, I want to kind of go from when you were fighting and transition all the way to present day. At, at your level, you're fighting guys. I, I know that you know BJ Penn uh, later on in your career did pretty well against you, but you are fighting world-class guys and you are uh, the best of the best during your heyday what separated you from so many fighters with similar skill levels like like when you look back on that those days what what was the difference maker for you uh, i i was just i was I, I was mean so my promoter before i got in the ufc he said matt i can't find opponents for you i said why because you don't just beat people, you beat people up bad, bad, bad. So I just hurt, I didn't hurt people, but I went out to hurt people. My theory is when I go into octagon or cage, I look at my opponent and I take everything I love it and put it behind him. And I think to myself, he's got everything I love it and it's behind him. So I have to be him to, to get my stuff back. My wife, my kids, everything I love is, is behind him. Oh, well, you know, it's interesting, Matt. I I spent, like I said, two hours yesterday watching all your old fights on YouTube, and you never had an angry look in your eye. And after you pummeled these guys, you would always go pick them up. I'm, you know, so you, you, you were able to switch from this vicious killer to this nice, kind man. Was that dichotomous for those guys? Was, did they look at you and go, what is this guy about? I don't know. I was only met one time in a fight. You probably saw on, on YouTube. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Was it Sarah? 
Matt Sarah? No. Grace uh, St. Pair, a, a GSP? No. Because oh, I know GSP. I, I, I remember there was one fight where you got a little frustrated, but I can't. I couldn't remember who it was. What happened? It was Frank Frank Drake. He he need me in the nuts, and then I, I tried to look at the rep and take some time off, and he advanced and tried beating me up after he hit me in the nuts. He he knew he hit me low. My cup is a lot different than my privates. And so, but you took him out pretty quick after that, didn't you? Uh, I was I was pissed. <laughs> and piss is it great? Piss is great because you lose your mind. But I just want to tear that guy up. So <laughs> I didn't know that he did that on purpose. That's a. I would be a little bit angry if somebody did wow. that as well. So. <laughs> so when did you know it was time to retire? I mean, I, yeah, I know, yeah, I know BJ Penn. I think you fought three times and he beat you all three. It, it, at some point, twice. I beat him the first time. Oh, that's right. Okay, him. so. And then with George St. Pierre, you beat him once as well? Yeah, I, first time. At what point did you know it was time to retire? Uh, I, I I hate being retired right now, but after I was losing people, I, I should have beat. I, I knew it, it was time. And so what did you do? So you you retired in around 2010. So from 2010 to 2017, what did your life look like in that period of time? Just, just, just kind of is, is boring. <laughs> For me, it's boring. And I, then I, I had a hunting show for two or three years. That was good because I could travel and compete against an animal that's not human, but compete against an animal. In what way? What were you doing? Uh, hunting. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you, you were on that, what was the name of that show, Trophy Takers? Trophy Hunters. Okay, Trophy Hunters. What was your, so what's your favorite animal you hunted? Hippo in in Africa, or either a stag, as maybe a st a stag in, in New Zealand. Oh, I would. That's that's on my bucket list, man. So now the hippo thing makes me a little nervous because they're one of the most ferocious animals on the planet. Was that an archery hunt? No, no, no. Um, <laughs> hippo kills small people. Only one thing kills more people in Africa than the hippo, um, um, mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm so serious. did you actually? I know. I I know. Did you actually kill the hippo? Did you get one? Mm -hmm. And is that a is that available? Can a guy find that on YouTube? Um, I I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't. I didn't bring the whole thing home. I j just brought some teeth home. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Now, are those are they? Do they have ivory teeth or? I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, so so 
so guys, if if you want to know the details of what I'm going to ask next, you can go to YouTube and look this up. But let's go to 2017. So 2017, you're you're moving some equipment in your truck, and you come to a a railroad track. There's no signs. You have a blind spot, and you end up getting hit by a train, and and the, the car was drugged. And I know that you don't remember the events around that, but can you give us a little bit of that story? I, I was working for a farmer, and I was taking some diesel to a, a tractor. And when you go across these tracks, it's a bad angle. So when I turned to the side to look down the tracks, all I saw was the seat on the passenger seat and the piece of the track between the front and the back door so it's really a, ba a bad spot so and the corner was up so even if I could see I, I wouldn't be able to see down the tracks but the train hit me and I think I would would have kind of walked away but when the train hit me it pushed me into a pole that had a cable to block off the crossing in case the place didn't want anyone crossing so that cable come back and he hit me in the back of the head. That cable gave me the worst brain injury possible. Yeah, you were in a coma for 19 days, right? And so the injury that you That's suffered. That's what they now, say. Yeah, you were, you were out. So you suffered a TBI, specifically a stage three diffused axonal brain injury also known as a brain shear. So now I had a friend fell off a truck a year ago and had the same injury and died from it. And so you didn't die, but what, what happened? So when you came to consciousness, what could you and could you not do? I couldn't talk really at all. I, I don't even remember waking up. It was bad because I had this nurse kept taking me in a wheelchair to go get lunch and I couldn't talk, but I, I could hit my shoulder. This meant give me your phone so I could, who, I, 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 I typed, who are you? And the, the person pushing the wheelchair stopped, she come in front of me, she said, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm your wife. I said, oh my gosh. Give me your ID. I, I said, give me your ID. And sure enough, it had had hues on it. Oh, what, what were your thoughts when that happened? I just I just couldn't believe I couldn't remember my, my life. And so, so let me just read what this is just so our listeners understand. A diffused axonal injury is the shearing or tearing of the brain's long connective nerve fibers or axons. And this happens when the brain is injured as it shifts and rotates inside the bony skull. So uh, this is uh, usually causes coma injury in many different parts of the brain. And so you couldn't walk and you couldn't talk, but you could communicate. And that's in 2017. So that's just four years ago, right? So, so what did the doctors tell you what what would what did they say your future would be like they didn't say much 
Um, they just said I'm gonna have to have therapy, maybe the rest of my life. So now, Matt, so physically, when you are, you know, you are a, a world class athlete, par excellence. I mean, there's nothing, no, no man like you in your prime. But speak to us about your mental conditioning. You know, you were known as a guy who never gave up on a fight. I mean, there was a fight with a, uh, I can't remember who it was now. He had you uh, choked out. Uh, you should have lost the fight. You re you recovered, and you ended up choking him out with a rear naked cut choke. You were just so mentally tough. What did you do to train mental, to become so mentally tough? I think God God gave me that. I don't know how to train being mentally tough. I, I really don't. Maybe there's a way, but I, I, I don't know it. I just, I'm bad about it. If I think something, I, I'm it's going to happen. I, I'm a big believer in there's two types of people in the world. Those, those that they, they can and those that they, they can't. And I say, they're both right yeah for sure and, I, and and fighting your twin brother didn't hurt huh <laughs> i had so much so much warm up before the fights and then being a farmer and working the long hours so so you 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 come out of this coma your wife is with you you don't remember who she is you can't walk you're not able to talk What's going on inside of your brain? Like, what is going on mentally? What are you thinking about your future? What are you thinking? <clears throat> well, I didn't know what happened because I have no recollection of the day I was hit, which I was told that that's coming for a big brain injury like I had that just kind of forget the whole whole day. And so that's kind of, that's normal to forget that, but... Uh, I, out the window of the hospital, I could see a bin and get built. So I was just, I was got just watch uh, other people work, work. At what point did you realize you were going to have to get to work on yourself? At the hospital, they had me doing therapy, and I couldn't do what she's asking. So I, I. I knew I was in bad bad shape. So who who is um? I was watching this YouTube video and I can't remember. I can't figure out if this guy was from Columbia or America. Who is Doctor David? I, I I'd have to see a picture of him. Uh, yeah, he said I've this had so about many doctors. I know he said this about you. He said that Matt has defied all odds to walk or talk. Do you feel like you've defied all odds that you're a walking miracle right now? No. I say I just, every man would do the same thing, thing I did. So what, what was the turning point in your healing process? Because you've come so far. I mean, just even looking at some of your older videos and now, you, you're walking, I mean, almost normal. Uh, I hear that you can pick up, uh, what's this about picking up bottle caps with your toes? What do I bring in North Carolina 
and they had me put bottle caps up with my toes and I I can agree with that because my theory is your feet are hands yeah so so are you so now this the brain center in North Carolina how often are you going there now uh, I I don't nothing planned but I hope I hope to go back in a couple months and then is that your primary care uh, and rehab facility or is it in Medellin, Colombia? Stem cell was so good for me. Before I, d I did stem cell, I couldn't walk downstairs without holding a handrail. Now I can fly downstairs like, and I like to be a, a normal person. Yeah, total. I mean, totally. So. So now this is a bioaccelerator therapy in Medellin, Colombia, and stem cell therapy. So can you explain to us and talk, walk us through what that is? They're putting stem cells from donated umbilical cords. They take an umbilical cord and take the stem cells out of that so they get donated. Some people think it's aborted babies. It's not. It's donated umbilical cords. So it's they're in, injecting me w with youth and when i put them in in my body they go find the place that needs the most help and yeah and i and <clears throat> yeah well i know chael sonnen and uh chuck liddell are also doing this therapy as well they they, they are but it's just so amazing the pharmaceutical companies don't like it, so they they want a lot. Uh, it get a lot here in the states. So you have to go to to Columbia to get the good, good stuff. Why why don't why don't they allow it here? Because it's natural, and not drug related. Cor and money, of course. Yeah, that's a that's a bummer. So so how often are you heading down to Medellin for this treatment? I think my next trip is like five months. And so do you do it every About every five months? Every six months. And what are they saying about your recovery? What what are they expecting? Because you're, you're already defying the odds. Do you see yourself walking and talking normal again? Uh, I, I do. And... I, I like the people down there. It's kind of like I, they're all trying to get me better. So I, I seem like family. Well, and like I said earlier, <clears throat> you're already walking. Are you able to, are you able to jog or run at all? I, I, I can. And I, I was, I follow you on Instagram and you seem like, I mean, you're, you're obviously leaner than you were when you were fighting. But you seem like you're still strong as a horse. That trend to take anything out from my my strength. I'm still very strong, but some people don't like my scissor humor now. But my scissor humor is <laughs> if I think it's funny, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, I think you're funny. You've you've said a couple things, well, except what, for when you said I was ugly. That wasn't funny. That was just the truth <laughs> <laughs> so how is your personality so how is your personality so changed? Is, oh, oh, oh are we are we live right now oh yeah but yeah say whatever you I, want so 
people can see how ugly you are and how good I look. Girls, does he make me look like a model? <laughs> Just write in Ted time the the bad news. Well, I told you I'm gonna go buy one of those shirts that you uh that the ape 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 what are they called ape what ape 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 man ape oh man. ape man apparel that's right yeah I'm gonna go buy your rebirth shirt uh, so I can look more like you and I might get a little a little wig there on top <laughs> so Matt Hughes wig. I'm gonna yeah exactly exactly. <laughs> so so Matt what so <clears throat> you said that you have a sense of humor now that you didn't have in seventeen. What are some other personality things that people are telling you that you've developed? Is this is this just a natural propensity from the injury or what, what's caused this personality change? I I I, I don't know. N now if I think it it comes out my my, my mouth so. If someone's being mean to me, I have a bar an issue to tell them you need to be quiet and just sit down. And now if I think it, I, I like to respond to it. So you don't have the filter that you used to have. And before the train, I had maybe a coffee filter and they say the filter's totally gone now. I hear you. I hear you. Well, everything that I'm seeing uh, from you, and you have the, the, this couple that's helped you a lot, uh, that she actually went down to Medellin with you. Uh, they, they speak about you being a lot funnier and have a great sense of humor, and everybody loves being around you. Um, I don't know about that, because Steph doesn't like my sense of humor sometimes, because <laughs> sometimes she's the, the target. Yeah, we don't like that, do we? So what are what are what are some dark moments that you've had along this journey? So it's been a four-year journey. Have you ever fallen into a dark spot where you just thought, "Man, um, I'm in a bad place." It's bad that after the wreck, my wife didn't want to take care of me, so she could kick kicked me out. That how, was how, about as dark as you get so how how do how are you dealing with things like this like the adversity of the injury because you're having to battle back uh, mentally and physically right how have you done that I've got some some very good friends so I can't take all the credit Steph and and Mark they've helped me out a lot so Without my good friends, I, I I don't know where I'd be. And and so so Matt, how has your faith been impacted? Did you ever uh, get angry at God or doubt God or you know uh, say things to God that you thought, man, I maybe I shouldn't have said that? How has your faith been impacted? Now I think that I was able to survive this and I, I think God had me hit on the train I, I think he definitely had, had me hit he controls the universe but I think he had me hit so I can show other people you you can get better no matter what so if someone's had a stroke with a, a brain injury they can, can get better 
Yeah, this is, you know, we've got guys listening on this podcast from over 100 countries. And there are a lot of guys out there, Matt, that are that that uh, um, were big fans, are big fans. There are a lot of guys out there who have experienced divorce, stroke, heart attack, uh, death of a loved one. Today I'm going to the cancer center with a friend of mine who's got stage four colon cancer. What would you tell these guys? Don't give up. If you want it, you can achieve it. Just bring God, God in, into the picture. And sometimes I'll, I'll thank God for giving me something before he gives it because I'm sure him, I, I, I believe in him. So just know your body is much more stronger than, than we can, we know it is. And you can recover from about anything. Well, and just listening to you and, and seeing your videos, it, it is unbelievable, Matt, how you've progressed. And I'm I'm 100% sure that you're going to keep progressing. And I'm really excited for you on your journey. Uh, and I think that your story is going to inspire and change the lives of thousands of people around this world. And I know that it's not a good thing that happened to you, but I think that God will use it. You know, Romans 8:28 says, God works all things for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so, uh, man, keep pressing in, man. I, I'm, uh, I'm just really proud of your journey and where you are. I, I am too. I'm sure other people would have done, done better on something, but uh, I, I, I just... I wake up and I be me. I want to get better, so I want to get back to to the guy I I used to be before. With my, my brain injury, really affected my balance and memory. Now, now I I remember what I had for for lunch and dinner the day before, which before Simsa I couldn't do that. So, just Simsa has been so good for me and. The place in North Carolina, the brain doctor. Yeah, and and that North Carolina, they're they're doing a lot of weird, uh, interesting things with you. They're doing, uh, I mean, oxygen therapy, cold laser therapy, neurofeedback therapy. What are your What are your favorite therapies that they take you through there? I, I like them all, but there was a game where you hit the, they had like eight buns goes and when when you had to hit it so i like competition like that but that place is called a apex brain center yeah apex brain apex center yeah, i saw you brain center yeah i saw you uh hitting the lights and to me it, you looked like you're hitting them as normal as any person like you were as fast as i could do it I don't think that's a compliment, though. <laughs> I, why did I have a feeling that was now, coming? Now, <laughs> folks, just so you know, I got a twist of the humor, and if I think it's funny, it's uh, it's funny. Hey, I'm going to come to Mattoon here in about six months or so, and you and I are going to go have a little pull-up competition or bench press. or so We're going to work out together. Okay. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? What's your favorite thing to do when you're in the gym? 
I'm a I'm a bad guy. Are you really? Yeah, you, yeah. Is, I don't want to push people away. I want to pull in close to me. Oh yeah. So you're a hugger. So so how many so how many pull-ups could you do in your prime? Like what's your most amount of pull-ups? Probably just 12. I'm totally on my own. All the way uh, my chin above the bar and all the way down be t- t- uh, I say t- Twelve. Now, when you were competing, though, I bet you could do close to fifty. Uh, I I don't know. All right. Well, hey, when I come out there, I'll I'll reach out to you because I be fun to go to the gym and and hang out with you, man. I'm a I'm a little guy though. I weigh two fifty. Two fifty. Yeah, I'm a little so bit you, bigger. I'm. So you added my weight class. Yeah, we can still lift weights together. So you got to do more pull-ups than me? I don't know. We could play around with it and see. My goal is to do 20 pull-ups in December. How, but, how many I mean, can but you do now? I can probably do, I guarantee you I could do 12. But I'd have to be standing on your back to do it. explain that to me well if you if you get on your all fours i'll put i'll stand up on your back and do pull-ups so i can push off your back to do the (laughs) pull-ups doesn't work that way oh come on so so you're so you competed at 170 ish what do you weigh now uh probably 185 87 oh okay because you look actually you look leaner through the shoulders so I thought maybe you were a little bit lighter than that. So you're so you're 180. Okay, that's good. That's good. So, so you did the oxygen therapy. How, how does that make you feel when you're in that? They put you in a bag. Sometimes it's back. Sometimes it's a hard box, but you, you can't feel anything. You just pure oxygen the whole time. Is it's that, also called you, a hyperbaric. Oh, you're in a hyperbaric chamber? That's the same thing they use for scuba diving injuries. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So, hey, Matt. So this is my latest book. And in this book, Strong Men, Dangerous Times, we talk about five things that make a man who he is, make a man a man. Five things that separate men from males. And the third thing, which is our apex or our summit of manhood, is called Pursuing God Passionately. What are you doing these days to pursue God passionately? I, I, I pray all the time. And I, I, in my truck is automatic to Joe Goldstein. I, I just like what it says. Yeah, it's, it's motivating, right? So I, 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 I read the Bible too, but I, I love people, people read the Bible. And then, um, what what is God saying to you these days? What are what does God put on your heart? I I don't know because I'm a good doctor, but sometimes I, I'm not a good listener. Yeah, I think that's all of our problems, right? So so our our fifth thing in this book, the thing that uh, kind of seals the deal on manhood, 
and I think you're wearing the shirt right now. And the fifth thing is that men finish strong. So you are known in the uh, UFC as a, a great, great finisher. And you're 47 years old now, and you're you're fighting the probably the greatest fight of your life. What are you doing daily to finish strong? What are what what are, what are some habits that you're doing now to help you finish strong? Uh, I've got some bound stuff, so every day I do bound stuff in my house, and I go to therapies as much as I can. There's a good place in in Arizona about half hour for me that he he works with. Like the brand center told him what to work with me on. So just doing as much the therapy as I can. And what would you tell me? Which is also here at home, here at home, home by myself. So how often are you going to therapy? Is it three times a week, or how often are you going? Uh, now it's probably two times a week. Okay. So what would you tell a guy who is uh, going through cancer or going through uh, some horrible life circumstance? What would you tell that guy that he needs to do daily? Like what three things would you tell him to do daily that will help him get through to the other side? Wake up with a great attitude and look at your accomplishments today. So. Don't worry about what you can't do, but rejoice in what what you you can do. So be positive and just work, go out. And my theory was when I was fighting, what my opponent's doing. So I would always I I do my opponent. So wake up and think someone else is doing this therapy. I I need to do the same thing. So just always push yourself to do more therapy so pushing yourself so how does pushing yourself in your opinion run contrary to our culture that tells you to be comfortable uh, I, I've never wanted to be one to be normal so I've always wanted to go the extra mile and, and do stuff so I, I don't know why people think that way but we also live in a time where people just wanted to be lazy and had the government checks come to the house and, and not work. So I just don't understand all that. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm retired. I'm, I'm retired and I still work every day. When I get you, done with this a... podcast, I'm going to go to work. So what is your work right now? I, I have... Three bosses. One is a township, so I I'll, I'm gonna go mow some dishes. Other guy is, does signing and gutters, and the other guy does trenching and backhoe work. So I just l like to be busy. So in your retirement at 47, you're working three jobs. I'm I'm busy now than I was before. And I bet you that's helping you to recover and and get your uh. Uh, <clears throat> recover and grow and get healing, find healing. I think so. Because every time I walk, the brain injury guy, the brain injury doctor looked at my, my left foot and I my foot wasn't flat. My 
toes are cold. And he said, your toes need to be flat so that way you can perceive but balance better. And so now I've been working on flat, flattening my, my toes out and stuff like that. So every time I, I walk around a work area, is uneven so it's good for me balance wise and I didn't know this but you can't train your, your balance to get better I thought you did you had balance so you didn't but you, you can make it better well now that's one of the things I saw on YouTube about you it sounds like your balance is really coming along it, it, it is and so what's your goal for the next year as far as your healing goes Uh, I want my balance good enough. I can, I can ride my motorcycle. Oh yeah. I, I've not been on a bike since, since the accident. So, it. I did buy a little dirt bike, but I've not been on it yet. But I just want to see where my balance is, because like now I don't fall over anything, but I just don't know know how good my my balances no i hear you well what is the what's your favorite thing to do for fun anymore well, I, I i like to work are, where are you doing any hunting mm, no 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 not right now so well hey uh we sure appreciate you coming on our show matt and i think that you are an inspiration to the guys listening i'd love to get you on in a year and just look at your progress and and get to celebrate that with you and so uh i will be in mattoon and i will text you when i get there and we can go hit the gym or or do something fun okay and i'm sure these people are i think the same thing but you guys make me look like a model so i'll go on, on your show anytime you want i'm telling you yeah we can go walk around mattoon and you're gonna look like a supermodel Hey, thanks for coming on, Matt. We sure appreciate you, brother. So, uh, Dale, hey, what's you guys next, man? Well. Hey, thank you so much. I'll send you this book. I'll get it to you so you can check okay. it out. So, uh, hey, so, Dale, what's thank next, you. man? Drive us home, brother. Yeah, guys, we want you to head on over to meninthearena.org and uh, check out our program. And also, guys, we just want you to get involved and invest in becoming your best version. Until next time, fill the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory, smell the stench of battle, get in the game, get dirty, grind it out, and be a man. You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world in our Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of biblical manhood. Make sure to explore our website at meninthearena.org, sign up for the weekly equipping blast, and take advantage of our many free resources designed to help you become your best version of a man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, Everyone wins.
What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.